Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here by my co-host, Mutahir. And what is, up? <laughs> and this is uh, the second book of Mistborn, Well Ascension, and we are finishing off part four, Knives. So, yeah, so basically what happened last time, just a quick recap, there was a big fight at the assembly, Vin gets hurt, and Ellen's deposting, overthrowing whatever is final uh, they elect penrod as the new king and he is like done so and so chapter 39 kicks off with zane is talking to straff and he confirms that he, they're the ones who attacked um the assembly with the elementers one interesting thing all of those elementers were straff's kids obviously like you know uh half brothers and sisters i guess to ellen and zane um and he got them all killed and Straff knows that Zane did it on purpose. Zane's kind of trying to claim, like, you know, that it was all justified and they needed to get it done, but... Oh, uh, before we go any further, I just want to say that we're in different locations again. So, if there's any technical issues, then that's why. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was pretty funny that Zane just kind of brushed it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> It is nuts. Uh, I, I still don't like him. So, I mean, it's okay. We won't be dealing with him for much longer. Yeah. So, we're good. So, Straff realizes, like, okay, this dude's got to go, right? Um, But anyway, Straff right now is, they're standing in a field, I guess, waiting for Penrod. Because Penrod's been working with Straff, and he's basically handing over the entire kingdom over to Straff. And holy crap, Straff is like the worst manager you could ever have. Yeah. Ever. Like, ever. Like, he is so domineering, right? And, like, we knew that. But I don't think we've ever actually seen him interact with another, like, nobleman before. And, man, it's awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, he's I mean, just, it, like, he just, I don't know, what's the word? Condescending? Yeah. With everybody. Yeah, he, yeah, that's actually the perfect word, I think, is he's very condescending. And so... Apparently, Straff is negotiating with Justice Macau. I don't buy that, like at all. I don't. Well, I don't think he is. Because, like, ne- I think negotiating is more trying to get him on the side and then cutting his throat. It's like it's like Hitler and Stalin negotiations. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think Macau is like stable to really do it. Not that Hitler or Stalin were stable, but but uh, when it comes to Straff dealing with Lacal, like Lacal, he has. I, I feel like he he thinks he's super powerful with the Colossus army that he has, and he is. You know, he not only outnumbers Ellen, but he's he's got Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it going well for him. I don't see Lacal just like kind of you know bending over and giving him what he wants. Uh, I, so I, I think that part was a lie, which is curious because why would he lie to Penrod? But Regardless, uh, when he leaves, Straff is poisoned again. Oh my, yeah, dude! And like at this, at this point, like just carry around an antidote with you. Like I don't. And this time he actually did a better job, I think. Uh, well, it's because uh, doesn't Zane use different poisons every time? Yeah, he uses different poisons every time, but I think a lot of times he has like a generic antidote to it. Oh, but he like yeah. tried really hard to keep his cool and his composure, but he kind of broke down at the end, anyways. 
Um, and yeah, he kind of comes to the conclusion that he must kill Zane. So chapter 40, and oh my god. Seriously, Ellen and Vin's relationship, like, this, this is actually, like, this, this this side quest, this side piece is almost single-handedly derailed the book again for me. So, Well of Ascension, as, for some of you who are hopping onto the podcast with this book, I, I said when we were reading the last book that Well of Ascension was my least favorite book, and... Upon rereading it, it's I, I'm actually liking it better than the Final Empire. But reading this part, these parts again, where dealing with Ellen and Vin's relationship, and they're like, "I'm not good enough for him," and "I'm not good enough for her," and you know, maybe he doesn't love me anymore. Maybe she thinks I'm I'm a weak king, and all the, it's so bad. She's incredibly soft for someone who just got beat for like 16 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I get it, right? Like she has that. that that issue though where she's worried to lose any attachment that she's formed. But anyways, chapter 40, Vin wakes up and Ellen's with her and she's kind of going in and out of consciousness, which is kind of similar. Like that, that's literally what happened last time. Remember the, um, the attack on credit Shaw, the first one, the first raid that they um, had with Kelsier and she gets hurt. Yes. Yes. And she kind of goes in and out of consciousness and like different people are with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ellen, Whenever and she also like uh, recovers much faster than normal, according yeah. to uh, according to him, of course. Of course, she recovers faster than any other thug. Yep. Of course. <laughs> um. So, and she's also subconscious that like Ellen's probably scared of her at this point, um, because she headbutted a dude and blew up his head. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I can't get over that. Just that picture. She just headbutts somebody, and then the head literally just explodes. <laughs> yeah, that. I whenever I was reading that, I listed it on my notes as a head bomb. <laughs> whenever I I was reading that, um, at the time, I literally thought of an exploding watermelon. Yeah, no, that's literally. What I <laughs> so, anyways, um. Ellen confirms to her that Orsur kind of got hurt a little bit in the fight. Um, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, he's getting new bones. Um, uh, I think they said that he got a new, another, basically another Wolfhound's uh, bones. Yeah. So later she wakes up and thinks it's Ellen again, but actually it's Zane. And he's claiming to her, obviously lying, that the assassins were sets. This is obviously because later on when they go, uh, that's going to be how he convinces her to attack Set's keep. Um, mm -hmm. And he claims that Penrod has made a deal with, uh, along with the other merchants, with Straff, which we know that to be true. So he's like sprinkling in a little bit of truth there to kind of make it believable. And he gives her this bead of ATM, and it's not bead, like it's a massive chunk of ATM. I don't know about you, but as soon as she, yeah, he gave it to her, I almost knew right away. It's like this is not pure ATM. I like, I didn't think that. I thought it was. Uh, you thought it was like a full bead yeah. because it didn't feel right, right? Like he's not just gonna give her this massive chunk of ATM. Like it wasn't like I'm not making it sound like you know he she had like an hour's worth of burn, but it was significantly bigger than a regular bead. Is what she. Is, I, what I I assumed that it was like a message saying. Um, trust me or something like that trust me and also 
I have a lot more. So don't mess with me. Okay, I, so, I can see that. Uh, if yeah, I'm willing, a... if I'm willing to give you this, then imagine what I have. Okay, okay, that's that's what I thought. But that's actually not hmm interesting. I never thought of it that way. So yeah, I'm um, kind of she's... a smart guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, ten soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll come up later. We'll, we'll get to that. God. So, Orsor, so she falls asleep again, wakes up, and this time it's Orsor. Um, and he, he kind of is like playing like this loophole game with the contract, which is, if anything, that just shows how much he's come to really care for Vin when he's going to go out of his way to look for a loophole to protect her. Because it says that you can't kill a human, but he kind of fought for her when he didn't really need to. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he got himself hurt because of it. So I think it's kind of obvious that he he is starting to like her as well, uh-huh. and he gives her a bit more knowledge. Um, uh, the Lord Ruler apparently created the Chandra, which that's a huge chunk of lore. So they even go as far as calling him father. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I well, we already kind of figured this out before, but like the questions I had here was like, how did the Mistborn attack the Chandra if the Chandra can imitate a person perfectly or very and, near perfectly? Yep, we're about to get to that in a second, actually. Yeah. So Vin starts theorizing that like that well ascension must have given him like a burst of power, right? Yeah. And it, it, it didn't last either, right? Kind of like burning metal. Uh huh. And he's the reason that Ash is falling and stuff like that. So she knows that she's kind of like special when it comes to Alamancy, as uh, much to him with that her delight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she, yeah, you complain about it like legit every time. I do. I do. It, it's fair, right? Like it annoys me too. But <laughs> because okay, Ham is one of my favorite characters. Whenever she beat Ham, yeah, that, I would that just like me off too. I was like, what? Okay, okay. Let's let's settle down a bit. <laughs> but no, I agree. Um, anyways, she so she she burns Alamancy or the the soothing right, and she burns her element and just pushes on or so he kind of like howls like he jumps basically, uh-huh. and. Uh, it's clearly like there's something there where Mistborn yeah. can either control Chandra or like really hurt them with uh, emotional elementsy. And he gets upset, right? That he told her too much, and she gets upset at herself for pushing it. But there was one thing there. He says, "You are like the elementsers of old, before the passage of generations, yeah, dulled, dulled their, their powers." powers. This, that? right? Like th- there's something there. Um. Why is it okay? So I guess is it because um, her father was the highest ranking? What is it, obligator? I don't know. Right, because know. there's something there, like that. That line. There, there are certain points where the lines, where his prose suddenly becomes very, ooh, mm, and it's just it sticks with you, and that line. That one sticks with me. That yeah, there's something special about her, right? Like, uh-huh. and again, it could be because she's a hero of ages, so she gets that extra power. She gets that extra bump. Uh-huh. 
but yeah it's um yeah whenever i read that i was thinking i was like maybe uh the boomers were stronger and then and then they got weaker over time but (laughs) (laughs) the The boomer elements are oh god that's perfect oh Okay, anyways, <laughs> chapter 41. And okay, I love these chapters. The ones with Seizet and Tinwell. Yeah, like I just I, love Seizet. I want to spin off awesome. where it's just Seizet and Tinwell going through the lore, like history. I want to spin off where it's just Seizet. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Seizet's awesome, dude. Yeah, so Seizet and Tinwell are going over Elendi's logbooks, uh, with, as well as Quan's writing. And, and not just that, too. They're also going through different history books. Uh, and this time they're going through it. They're, so they've already been through it before, right? But this time they're going through it with the perspective that the mist was the deepness. And then they're going to try and match it with the uh, the description that they're giving, right? That no army could fight it and it was destroying everything. So Yeah. And Timwell brings up a good point. She said, why does it matter that Alendi wasn't the Hero of Ages, right? Rashtrak stopped the mist despite not, despite not being the Hero of Ages anyways, right? So uh-huh. why do they need them to be a Hero of Ages? Uh, why, why do the hero ages need to come to stop the mist? Speaking of Elendi, um, it isn't even confirmed that he's that that he was the author of the logbook because Sezed said that uh, it. Yeah, technically it's not right, but we know for a fact it's not the Lord Ruler. Yeah, right. Um, but. I don't know if that part really matters. I are you saying that it could be somebody else? It could be someone else, and they could be manipulating it. Um, I don't. The I, story I don't know yet. if I agree with that because the the way that Quan describes Alendi is the same way that Alendi kind of talks in the logbook. So it fits, right? Where he said, like, you know, I controlled armies, and then I had to kill people that I didn't want to, but I had to do it and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and she's theories. also so yeah. But anyways, I, that's one thing I want to bring up that like she she brings up a good point that the hero ages didn't need to be. It doesn't matter, you know, that Elendi wasn't the hero ages, right? Because Rashek got it, and uh, you know, I, I guess it's, at this point it's fair to assume that he took the power from himself, becoming the Lord Ruler. And he stopped the mist anyways, right? Like, stopped the mist in the sense that the mists were no longer a threat. Like, the mists were still there, obviously, at night, but they were no longer a threat. Yeah. So, they're getting kind of curious as to why Quan was worried about that Alendi would get to Vela Ascension and not release the power. Because, uh, you know, Roshak didn't release the power and they, he stopped the mist anyways, so uh, what's the issue? So, um, and they're kind of I I guess they're also kind of concerned that um, they wouldn't release the power because the Well of Ascension, I guess, corrupts somebody. Uh-huh. That's, that's that, the assumption. That's why uh, at the very end it says, uh, what's his name? Alendi can't go there because it all it says is Alendi must not be able to reach the Well, right? Yeah, he must not be yeah. able to reach the Well of Ascension. So that, that's probably assuming that, like, it turns you bad. And someone like Alendi, who's super noble and stuff, 
and really strong and has a lot of power in the world, has all these armies, I don't think it'd be a good idea to give it to him if he gets corrupted from you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyways, they the both Sezid and Tindwell are they kinda know they don't that that the city's gonna fall soon, right? Like that there's a there's a moment where you have hope and there's that moment where you kinda have to accept reality and then try and make your plans around reality, right? Yeah. Um so they they kind of come to a conclusion that they need to pick up their pace when it comes to researching. Maybe start tapping into some Verukami and their wakefulness. Yeah. Um, and then it jumps to Ellen, and he's just watching from the Keep Venture. So th- this part actually, I- I'm sure, I don't know if you thought this, but when he, you know, like he's worrying about heating the homes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of Frostpunk. <laughs> Right when he was talking yeah. about like oh you know those stone houses it's really hard to heat they're very big there's no insulation whereas the ska workers they needed to be kept warm during the winter because they were the workers you know you needed to keep them alive so those ska homes were built for that you have to overload uh, the generator yeah I was like dude <laughs> I'm no expert but I played Frostpunk and you got to <laughs> get that coal generator up and running like ASAP. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you don't run behind, fall behind in the coal, because that's usually the problem for me, at least. <laughs> is, is it for you? I I always end up like running out, uh, because you, you, I'm like, oh, I have enough for yeah, like a few okay, days, so, okay, and then so that's the same thing for me. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. And then I have negative three hundred. Wow, yeah. How does this happen? <laughs> um. But yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Frostpunk is a great game for any of you who guys uh, like city builders. It's a very good game. I'm not, it's not exactly a city builder. It is a strategy based game, but it's not combat oriented. Yeah. So, anyways, he's working with Captain Demo and uh, a couple others just to get it. Uh... Oh wait, no, that comes later. Uh, scratch that out. <laughs> what did I say? Am I missing something? <laughs> so he actually has been talking to Captain Demo that he's going to be showing in another church rally, which I thought was hilarious because I just think of I'm picturing Ellen in his like white nobleman suit at like some evangelical church rally. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, anyways, he goes to see Sezed and he finds Tinho's there, and then she starts testing him right away, like. Starts making fun of him, and then he like responds right away. It's like you ever talk to me again, I'll throw you out of this place. And Caesar's like super worried. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like the way he reacted, the way Sanderson described him reacting, like he gets super pale and he gets like very worried. Yeah, it's because he doesn't really deal with that stuff. Really, he's just a researcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a nerd. No, it definitely made sense. I just thought it was hilarious. Caesar's like, <laughs> so pure. Yeah. So Ellen's asking uh, Tinville for advice, and basically he it comes down to the simple question. And I think they asked he had asked her about this before. Um, can a good man be king? Um, uh-huh. And it brings up a good question, I guess. And Tinville is not exactly against what he did, right, on a principle level. Yeah. But she's also not wrong either that you were the best man for the job and because you didn't fight to use that loophole in the law to keep yourself in power, 
you've risked all these people's lives. Mm-hmm. Now you can argue that it works out for them, but what if it didn't? You know, like it, eventually, I'm sure it'll work out for them, right? Like this book isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let, let's just throw that out there, right? People, if if you get upset that that's a spoiler, like I hate to break it to you, but this again, this is not Game of Thrones. This is not the First Law trilogy by Joe Abercrombie. Like it's gonna work out for them. Yeah, it. It's just in a realistic manner, or even in a non-realistic manner, there the stars align for them, mm-hmm. or will align for them. But if it didn't. I mean, you're talking so, like, I don't even know how many people are in this at all. Let's just say hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of ska that are just going to die because of that. And for what? So you can uphold a law that you didn't really think through all the way. And you're using a loophole, right? You're using a loophole in a law, but it's still legal, technically. Sure, I guess maybe you can iron it out later. But, like, come on, this is life or death situation. Yeah, seriously. So I'm, I'm going to tinwell on this one, personally. Uh-huh. It's a, yeah, it's that yeah <laughs> um Cezed, for what worth, thinks he did the right thing so i i'm not happy that i'm uh, against Cezed's opinion on that one but you know yeah they said like i said it's too pure so it doesn't that doesn't count Cezed <laughs> does nothing wrong <laughs> <laughs> and he never will do anything wrong yeah So Ellen remembers what Tinwell had said way earlier, right? That she brought up that a, a good king, a great king, is one that has a trust of his subjects. And he, he has to earn that trust, right? Like, Lord Ruler is not really a great king, right? Like, he was a good ruler, but he wasn't a great king. And I, I like that distinction being made. That he doesn't really have the trust. I guess you could argue in... Oh, weird, twisted way that he did have the trust of his subjects that, yeah, you can trust me to beat the living crap out of you if you're a step out of line. <laughs> and you can trust me to keep this whole realm stable. And for this, what it's worth, it was kept stable, right? In a very Emperor Palpatine, Star Wars, you know, Galactic Empire kind of way, it was stable. Until it wasn't. Until some things happened. One thing I actually wanted to really bring up and I thought this was, I, I'd never noticed this until second time around. I don't know if you did either. But when Ellen kind of comes to that realization, at the end there, Seized smiles when he realizes that Ellen himself has realized what to do. So he smiles and he calls him majesty. He says to Tinwell, like, you know, let's just return to it work. I think his majesty has some work, um, is about to get busy or something like that. Earlier, he called him Lord Venture. This time he yeah. called him his majesty. So because, you know, Seized is a very precise person. Um, you know, he, he would call him Lord Venture earlier because he still has respect for Ellen, but he's no longer king. So he can't call him his majesty or my king or something like that. Yeah. But later when he realizes that, you know, Ellen has come to terms with what he needs to do, he calls him his majesty. And I thought that was really cool. Did you did you notice that? I didn't, know. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think I'm reading too much into it? Or no, no, that makes mind? sense. It's uh, one of those things where it's super subtle and you only notice it in your next read-throughs. Yeah, yeah. No, I... uh, it reminds me of, remember, I don't know, you've read Harry Potter a bunch, but I don't even know if you caught it. Uh, I didn't catch it. 
in the fifth book in the beginning whenever they were like cleaning up the uh the Grimald place they actually found the locket which is a horcrux and they were trying to open it but they couldn't wait i'm sorry second i i'm not sure i understood uh whenever they went to Grimald place and they were like cleaning it up and everything mm-hmm um, they actually found the locket, which yes, was yes, yeah, the Horcrux. Yeah, you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like in the Order of Phoenix, right? Yeah. Back yeah. before you knew what a Horcrux was. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. But I just love like these small things that reward you for rereading. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, I have now reached a point with my TBR list where rereads like. That's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I think at this point, right? Like my my TBR list is legit. Like I have a hundred books in my TBR list, right? But they're not books; they're series. Oh my god! So I have a hundred series, right? And yeah, so so some nights whenever I get really bored, I go on a add to add to to read list. Oh my on god, Goodreads. you do this too? Oh my god. I, I need to stop doing that, but I do the same. Uh, and I sometimes go a bit far and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't. I am going to hate myself if I don't get to read this stuff. I only have 33 series. Only have 33 series? Yeah. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> Yeah, this podcast is going to go on forever. Um, I think our grandkids will probably inherit the podcast at this rate. (laughs) (laughs) So that chapter ends there at chapter 41. So on to chapter 42. um, Ellen at this point is working with Demo to get the uh, uh, Ska out of the castle, um, the noble castles. because moving them into this, like what I said earlier, moving them to the Scott homes because it's easier to heat and all that stuff. And again, major Frostpunk vibes I hear at this point because in Frostpunk, you want to put the tents next to each other because that like increases the heat and stuff. Hey, play the game, okay? It's a great game. <laughs> it's good, yeah. And then he also gets news on the poison bells, bells, wells. And uh, there's this is where he learns about the pass walls, which. I, okay, I don't know if you understood that how that works exactly the pass walls. Um, I didn't really get that. Yeah, like I understand that that's their way of smuggling in and out, but like I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time physically imagining like yeah, what one actually looks like because yeah. is it okay? So another. <laughs> Some of you might get annoyed by this, but I'm about to drop another reference to another video game. Um, and this one is uh, the Battle for Middle Earth. It's an RTS game for Little of the Rings. And uh, I, I, I somewhat remember that, this part. There was yeah. a thing with the Gondor or Rohan castle walls where you could kind of sneak out, in yeah. and out. Now, I don't know if that's the same idea, but... I don't, I, I can't, because, I, right, like, what does that mean? That there's a hole in a castle wall, right? And then they just sneak through? Like, Yeah, that's what I thought it was. How does that, that go unnoticed, too, right? They, yeah. They're patrolled. Yeah. <laughs> how does that go unnoticed? Um, but, yeah, anyways, 
it's assuming that like you know somebody is has been sneaking in and out and he says to like you know redo the lock in a way where when they come back and they just get stuck in the water huh. um and i felt this was kind of cheap it felt like a very easy way of just sneaking in pass walls but like okay okay we get it he's going to use pass walls. someone's going to use pass walls later to their advantage either for the good guys or the bad guys but yeah i get it we're gonna use pass walls um and he does like he literally does like it later in this part <laughs> um and apparently there's been another inquisitor sighting which that has to be marsh right uh-huh like that has to be marsh i'm pretty um, sure he's like the only alive that's one. what i was thinking that that, that was, i unless the inquisitors that he killed at critic shaw in the last book were not all the inquisitors like on the planet Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some hiding in at, at another convectacle. Uh, but yeah, that has to be Marsh. I, I believe. Yeah. So Ellen believes the set is getting desperate. Uh, he he makes it sound like, or his rationale is that this whole play by set right where he's like going for the assembly and then he's gonna stay within the Luthadel walls and. And it is, right? Like, I think I said that, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, it sounds like he's getting, he's making very desperate moves, but and he also says himself that he's a gambling man. And he'll say it again later, too. <laughs> um, so he, I, I don't know if it's desperation or if it's just, uh, I, but I think at this point, since Ellen's bringing it up, I think it's Sanderson's way of kind of nudging to the readers, like, yeah, it's desperation. It's not him gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ellen comes up with the bright idea to go toss it, talk to his old buddy, old pal, Justice LaCalle, using the pass walls. Yay! Literally, same chapter. Um, <laughs> pass walls being used. <laughs> and, okay, so did you get major Hoyd vibes from Granny? No. She acts blind. I, I thought she was acting blind, right? Like, he held up coins for her, and, like, she acted all blind to get it. But from Ellen's perspective, because he's not used to informants or the underground, he actually believes that she was acting blind. But Kelsier, because he is used to the underground, knows that they're acting blind. Did you pick up that? Uh-uh. I didn't know she was acting blind. Because he said, right, like she was like trying to grab the coins, but she was, she was like kind of reaching for it, like in a fumbling manner, like she's blind. Why would, why does she do that? Why would they I, it's it's a way of I think the that's just how the underground people deal with no woman, right? To make them seem weaker, make them seem yep, make themselves look weaker in front of everybody else, and they like you know give them what they want and stuff like that, and lower yeah. their guard around them. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's not super relevant. Solved. But I just thought again, it's one of those things that like um, great authors they understand what knowledge their character possesses right mm-hmm. like like i said kelsier knows informants and he knows how they act and he knows the underground yeah. ellen doesn't right so yeah. for him his pers- because this chapter was through his perspective he he knows that you know he he thinks that she's blind whereas kelsier would have been like yeah she's acting blind <laughs> again not not a big deal but i love like little stuff like that yeah so he leaves to go to the Colos camp 
and he sees Jastis, right? And holy crap, he looks awful. I just picturing a oh dude my God, yeah. who's been through like the Great Depression, right? And he's like, you know, 20 years old and he looks like he's 40. The big sad. Dude, yeah. he like, his hair is gone and he's like 20. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, again, I love the idealism, right? In Well of Ascension, the way that they describe like, okay, there's idealistic and then there's realistic. Uh-huh. And Justice talked about like I I implemented everything that we talked about right in our meetings. I implemented all of it, and you know my my sisters are dead, my my family is dead, and they killed us all. Um, yep. I I wonder what's left of that like dominance. I guess that he left behind, but he brings up a good point, right? Like the only way that. I I guess that Ellen kind of maintained control was because of Kelsier's crew. Jostis had nobody. Uh-huh. And what I don't know, to I, the I felt really friends? bad from here. Like, I understand, like, he's kind of gone off the deep end, and he's basically threatening to raise the entire city. Um, but... What happened to the other friends, though? The other... He had, like, a group... With Ellen, Justice, and some other debt. Dude. I'm sure we're going to run into them uh, either later this book or the next book. Because uh, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that there's more to be seen from his friends. And Ellen just... I, I love Ellen here, right? He just straight up attacks Justice, like rams a dude, knife into his shoulder. This, like, I love the uh, character development in this. Yeah, right? Like uh, He has that confidence that he... Just, it shows like he truly does care for his people. And we knew that as, a, as readers, but like the fact that I love how he described, like he didn't even realize what he was doing and like, and he had already done it. Right. Like, yeah, he elbows the guard, like kicks out another one, just dashes up, stabs him in the shoulder. And then as he's leaving, he attacks a coloss and he says that he ate my horse, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> but he did this only to get the pouch off the uh-huh. coloss. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I call BS that he beat a Coloss in a fight. Uh, I, I I understand how they uh, how he tried to uh, Sanderson tries to you know sell it by saying that oh you know he stabbed him in the leg a couple times before he had a chance to really you know real the Coloss had a chance to realize what was going on. He caught him by surprise and he immobilized him. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't buy it, but. Regardless, whether we buy it or not, we got the product. And the product says that Ellen kills a Coloss, and he gets a pouch, and it's money. Now, later, we'll find out that the money is literally just wood. I literally thought it was, like, either we said last episode, thumbs, and only thumbs. Yeah, you got your soul. And heads. Or heads. Yeah. Well, it is not. It is good old gold the language of all races and apparently the race of colas as well yeah i didn't think that they would actually care about currency i'm not really sure what they well, would do well brought that up right like he, they don't have an economy so you know yeah that that was interesting and it is still interesting right because if they don't have an economy there's no sense of money to them and we'll find out later that there is something to the colas and says that implies that they're they're changing and i'm guessing i have a guess that a lot like the elementers where their elements kind of withered away 
there's something in the Coloss that like they evolved. Uh-huh. And because the Lord Ruler is no longer there, he kept a Coloss away from the people all this time. And now that they're with people a lot more, um, they're starting to pick up on, I guess, human habits. Yeah. Uh, but there won't be anyone to buy from after their blood frenzies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they can buy from each other. That's how the economy works. They don't make anything. They just kill each other. They don't make anything yet, okay? They are an evolved species. <laughs> or evolving species. That, that was a creepy part. They said, we are going to become human and we will kill you all. I'm just like, what? Yeah. That? What? The, the, just the sight of a blue monster with his skin ripping because he's so massive. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was like, dude. Yeah, what is going on? So Ellen did get hurt, right? So we're kicking off chapter 43 with Vin this time sitting over Ellen's body. And she's like super upset that she can't protect I, I hated this chapter. She's just like, I couldn't protect him. <laughs> oh, God. You're not a baby. I yeah, I, I, didn't, I did not like the character work when it came to both Vin and Vin and Ellen's relation. I like Ellen in this book, but I didn't like Vin and Ellen's like I like relationship, Vin. and I didn't like Vin herself. I like Ellen better than Vin. Yeah, yeah. His, his whole politicking was cool. Yeah. So Zane appears, and this time he's claiming the demo is a traitor, where it's like, okay, dude, like, you're bad at lying. <laughs> And they're going together to hit set, and they're going to hit him hard. We're going to get to that next chapter, but holy crap, do they hit him hard. And this, by the way, this was that fight scene I was talking about in the last book where it reminded me of Avatar Last Airbender. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I can see that. It it was pretty cool. And actually, no, it's this chapter. Um, yeah, so they actually go and hit set so hard. And oh my God. Like, okay, so there was like, a good 10, 15 pages of this, right? There was even a perspective of a soldier getting uh, lit up like a, by a machine gun of coins. <laughs> Poor guy. Dude, and the way he described it, the coin going up his mouth out the back of his head. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, I know. And then the watermelon pop. <laughs> And oh my god, dude. Like, and Orsor had actually begged, I wanted to bring this up too. Orsor had begged her not to go, which we'll find out later is because, you yep. know, he knows that. Yep, yep, he's yep. I her, knew but... that. I knew that all along. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I listed it in my notes as a, Hurricane of metal. That's probably the best way to put it. It's kind of like really scary, especially since she's, you know, a master of all elements and <laughs> she's really good at pushing a pole. Yeah, well, so too. is Zane, right? Zane, they're describing Zane as like he's like really good himself. Like she looks at him too. And yeah. Oh, um, I mentioned the uh, watermelon pop, but for some reason I thought we were talking about the. The assembly attack. Yeah, yeah. I'm stupid. But yeah, I know what you mean. The The Hurricane of Metal. Yeah. It was 
Oof. And like I, I feel so bad for those guys that are just like sitting there and guarding, and then they're being used as an anchor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. They're just you, yeah, throwing people around and crap. Yeah. Oh, man. So, anyways, they get to set and basically confirm that set is not a misborn, and neither is his son. I felt so bad there. That whole thing where his trying to defend his dad. Uh-huh. And says like, "Be quiet, boy." Right? Like, so Zane try and tries to push Vin into a berserker bloodlust uh, elemancer mode, and it kind of works. It kind of <laughs> works, but then she kind of realizes, like, you know, what she's done. And then he was hoping that if he just pushed her, that she would like leave with him, I guess, or. <laughs> Or she would, I, I not maybe not leaving with them, but like realize that Mistborn are better than everybody else. I, I don't know. It, I, oh. I didn't really understand his plan. He's dumb, so moving on. <laughs> but yeah, that was the end of chapter 43. And so in chapter 44, um, Ellen's thinking about what happened to Vin because that's a lot of guards that she killed. And it's pretty. A pretty high chance that she got hurt in the process, but I don't think she really did. And also, I thought it was... I was thinking, like, whenever she had the choice to kill Set right in front of his son, I was like, if this happens, the story is going to take a huge turn. Because <laughs> Vin would just, like, go straight up into the dark side. Like, no return. And so, Orsor, they come to tell... He comes to tell that they found... That he found Vin... Uh, and they go to find her. She's like in this little thief, thief building that's kind of abandoned. Uh, she's super. I would actually, sorry to cut you off. I wanted to bring this up. Ham's also talking about how um, he killed like, she. they both of them killed like a third of, of a thousand soldiers in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Imagine. And he says that like, um, what is it? If you lose like 30 or 40%. You that you start thinking of a retreat. They killed a third in ten minutes. Two people. Yeah. Two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that just. I wonder how different it would be whenever. Oh, and another thing that points out her op. Oh God. Characteristic is that Kelsier he struggled against Haze killers. Uh. And she killed like okay. So I actually wanted to bring this easily. up. Um, at this point, she has had, I think, more time with elements than Kelsier did by the time he died. Mm. I would love to see Kelsier in general here with like all this extra knowledge about, uh, like Duralumin and stuff, and more. And he has more experience with elements. I would love to see that. But yeah, they go to find Vin. She's depressed about killing all those people and vin tells vin tells uh ellen that she's that she has to leave lucidel to go to the well of ascension um and ellen says that he can she can go if she wants to and he will trust her but he can't leave because he did, he can't abandon the, the lucidians that's what we're gonna call Lucidians. them. <laughs> um, Vin offers her the offers him the adium for some reason. Um, yeah, I I just hate Vin at this point. Yeah, uh, but then Ellen declines and she gives it back to Or Orsua. Uh, 
Um, I mean, ten soon. <laughs> we'll get to that soon. See what I did there. All right, keep going. No, I don't see. <laughs> uh, episode episode forty five, more like chapter forty five. CZ and Tenwell they uh, are still researching, um, kind of cross referencing uh, to the deepness and the hero. Uh, and they look at their notes and the same sentence, the same end of the sentence is taken out of every single copy of their notes. And it's kind of strange because CZ can remember it. The, it, it was just the very end of the, the essay. Elendi mm-hmm. uh, cannot be allowed to reach a well of ascension. I believe that's what it says. For some reason, that's all torn out, um, which doesn't make sense because Seizek can just remember it. So what's the big deal about that? And who's doing it? Because they all have the same like little portion taken out because they can uh, match it together. So like, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that maybe uh, it's the ghost spirit and the ghost spirit is Alendi and he doesn't want them to go to the well. Maybe he knows, right? Like... That if they go to the well, that they might run into a second Lord Ruler or something. Yeah. Um, because I think that the well corrupts. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I buy it. Yeah. Um, Say Zed's starting to think that Vin's a hero, uh, but Tenwo doesn't think she is. Um, and then Vin's. Vin goes to say Zed and talks to him about love. I'm sure you love this. Uh, she's thinking about uh, whether she should be with Ellen or someone more like herself, which is obviously Zane because they're both angsty teens. Say uh, Zed uh, thinks that Ellen thinks that she and Ellen can make uh, each other happy if they are together forever, uh, and. Whenever Vin leaves, Ellen shows up to ask Seized about the same topic. Uh, and then whenever Ellen leaves, he realizes that he should probably finish studying. Uh, and he should get Vin and Ellen out of the city. Yeah, um, I agree with him. Uh, I, I see where he's coming from with this. But uh, I'm not sure that's going to work out well. Yeah, I guess they just want to save Finn because everybody's going to die anyway, so they may may as well just keep her alive. Kind of yeah. keep uh, the spark alive. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not going down there. <laughs> That's fate. <laughs> um, in chapter 46, uh, Breeze gets a letter from Seized for like a secret meeting that Seized's kind of putting together. Uh, and he comes in and Breeze starts to soothe people, really just helping them out. Like Seized's kind of anxious. Yeah, Seized is anxious and he's like kind of soothing that. And who else is there? I think it's Ham, Spook, and Clubs? Yeah, I think it's... I don't know if Spook... Yeah, no, Spook is there, I think. Spook is there. Yeah. Uh, and they all know that the city's going to fall. Um, basically, the important message uh, around this whole ordeal is that 
they want to show that Ska can rebel, basically. That's what I got out of it. Which doesn't make sense because they've already shown Ska can rebel because they literally did against yeah. God. Yeah. And then Seized also says that he wants to get uh, four people out of the city, which are Ellen, Ben, Spook, and Tinwell, um, to keep them safe. And he is thinking that he can convince them to leave, to go to the Well of Ascension. Um, that's kind of like a good incentive for Vin. Um, and then they start planning. Uh, and then it goes back to Vin's perspective. She goes to Credit Shaw. Uh, and then she starts like thinking about Ellen and Zane and. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god, this. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get yeah. this over with. Um, then it goes to Zane's perspective. Um, Straff tried to send assassins to kill him, but he kills him first because he sleeps with his medals in his tummy. Um, and he goes to Straff, who's like, which? Okay, does that? Probably not help his whole insanity thing. The fact that he's because didn't Kelsey say you should be burning out the metals? Because I mean, at the end of the day, it is metal and it is kind of toxic to your body. Yeah, uh, it all just depends. Like it is slowly toxic. I mean, I guess, but that seems like. I mean, that's what Vin does. Vin doesn't burn all of her metals. Is that what they said? I must have missed that. Honestly. I think so. Yeah. All right, well, ignore me then. Um, so Zane goes to confront Straff, uh, and Zane tells him that he can take the city because um, Zane says that he can get Vin out uh, of the city. Uh, which is like, why is he so confident that he can? <laughs> you can't just expect Vin to just leave like that. Yeah, but I guess I, we. I guess we can, considering how like stupid she's being. <laughs> yeah. Um. In chapter forty-seven, um. She gets attacked by Zane. Well, first, you know, Zane's trying to convince her, and yeah, then one last, uh, one last attempt, I guess. Yeah, and then Vin basically just refuses, and then they fight. And they fight. And also, yeah, that ADM bead that we brought before, that's actually just, like, coated with ADM. It's not... It isn't ADM. Yeah. And so... Thankfully, it didn't poison her, which... I think that was kind of, like... Zane didn't want to poison her at that point, so he didn't... So he didn't poison her with that ATM bead. Uh-huh. But, yeah, we'll get... We can get to that later. But, yeah, so... She calls over Orser to give her the ATM bead, and he's the imposter. With that, was oh, right the whole time. Yeah, I'm always um, right. Yeah, so it's pretty I'm just clear. gonna like ruin Stormlight for us at this rate. Yeah, so you better watch out. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't buy your reasoning though that he was acting different because I don't think he was, in my opinion. So he was uh, in the beginning. Or or Sir was like. He said something, um, and then he was wrong, and then Vin kind of just like waved her hand. She's like, oh, you already told me that. Uh, and I was like, wait, that's kind of fishy. 
and he you're going to point out exactly which one you mean then because i i i was reading when i i mean second time again reading and i didn't pick up on that um and he also wasn't nearly as sassy as Orson. yeah i remember you saying that too i'd Again, still don't buy that, but I can I, I buy that one more, but I don't remember that other point you were mentioning, honestly. I'll look for that. Yeah. Um But a couple things. Zane is not insane. And I, I I don't know about you, but I, I knew that from the beginning too, that he wasn't actually insane. That he wasn't actually hearing those voices, like those voices were real. Yeah, I was kinda of confused about that to be honest. Did you not understand what they meant? uh like i thought basically he, yeah yeah that that's kind of just like he's just crazy but yeah yeah so he is just like the way that sanderson was trying to write it was right that he was hearing voices yeah um this is just basically confirmation that he's not hearing voices like that's legitimately like that, that, that voice is there it's a real voice that he's hearing mm-hmm. he's not just imagining it is what i'm trying to say yeah because you remember, like God tells him, you were never. And the funny thing is, you were never actually crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and one interesting thing, quote unquote, God that the voice in his head never actually. The only person that that voice never told him to kill was Vin. Mm-hmm. So interesting, 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 interesting. Interesting. And indeed. so, because Tensoon kind of helps, um, because Zane is dead at this point, and Tensoon, by the way, helped her do this, which yeah, that has to betray the contract, right? You can't betray your own master like that. So this that, kind of confused me. Like, what if he just lies? And that's what that's we won't know. We don't know that right now, right? Like, what if he does? Like, unless there's another conjurer that saw this, who's gonna know? Yeah, he could just be like, "Yeah, my master got killed." Yeah, whoops. <laughs> um, so he's going back to his people now that his chondra is done. Yeah, yeah. This kind of sad, honestly, because I started liking him towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked him a lot, and that sucks that we lose him. Yeah. But I am almost certain that we'll see him again. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so like, Tensoon kind of gives gives her the uh, a hint and then she burns their element and soothes him and then gets control of him and then he and then uh zane is burning adium but she kind of uses like a really huge brain and kind of tricks zane so that zane would show vin what vin was going to do so that she could do something differently which i thought was pretty cool Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually how I thought that um, I thought that's how you counter ADM without actually having it that or like burning Duralman and Peter overwhelming yeah yeah, uh, yeah. cause that's actually something in Steelheart too like there's a um, a certain strength where you have like really quick reflexes which is ba- I'm pretty sure it's basically just ADM uh but the way you kill them is that you kind of just like shoot at them so much that they physically cannot dodge it. Hmm. And yeah, that's how you kill them. It's like, well, if I shoot, if four people are shooting at you 
and they're shooting like you know they're like cornering you with a bullets and there's no possible way that you can dodge it so you're gonna have to die sometime uh-huh. and cool. i i really like to see that in this book or the next book that'd be pretty cool to see uh-huh. um but yeah uh yeah chapter 48 um Vin is going back to Ellen, and then Ellen takes Vin to say Zed right away because she, uh, Vin is hurt. But, you know, she's the main character, so she's probably going to get healed in, like, 30 minutes or something. Uh, <laughs> um, she asks say Zed the quickest and easiest way for Ellen and her to get married. Thank God we don't have to hear this stuff anymore. <laughs> um and then he lies to her and says that um, he needs to make a map to uh, for them to leave to go to the Well of Ascension. And okay, so do you think Tindall's actually going to the terrace? Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't think so. I think she. I think she loves says that too much. She's gonna stick around. I thought that. I think that um, the terracemen in general they don't care. They care, but. They care more about the greater good than a person. Okay. Yeah. But you don't think that she's changed at all enough, though, to actually stick around? It's a possibility. Well, we won't find out until next time. On Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's about it for this episode on, that's chapter, or part four, Knives. Next time is part five, Snow and Ash. And that's the second last part, and then we're done with the book. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Um, we might actually do a spinoff episode for Ars Arcanum, like maybe some Mistborn Secret History stuff. So stick around for that after. But that's going to be after Hero of Ages, though. So. I'm pretty sure that has some minor spoilers for the next Yeah, okay, so too. people actually will tell you both. Um, it has minor spoilers for Arrow 2, but Arrow 2 has minor spoilers for um, Secret History. So, like... You're, oh, okay. Yeah, there's no way around it. Yeah. But yeah, again, that'll about do it from us for that episode. Um, please leave some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Please follow us on Twitter at, under, at, at pod underscore bookkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. There's a Discord uh, link on all the uh, show notes. Please uh, follow us on there. And then we're pretty much on there all day. If we don't respond right away, we definitely will. We. We have no lives. Uh, Yeah, especially me. So until next time, thanks, everybody. Thank you.